Welcome to Men's Call, where every man has a call by God that if fulfilled will change the world. Therefore, we go after the answers to the questions about our call here on this earth. Today's topic is Husbands Defined, and we have a very special guest, Mr. Jesse Parker Sr. For short, they call him Donnie, and that's my father. He's going to be talking about being a husband and I wanted him to just give a little overview of his marriage so you can understand who the bride is he's talking about and his marriage as a husband. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Glad to be on this podcast, my son. It's an honor and most definitely. I'm glorified at doing this right here because of this, my son. My wife's name is Daphne, and we've been married for 40 years. We actually got married in 1980, June the 28th, 1980, and we celebrated our 40th anniversary my bride is an extraordinary bride. She's intelligent, and she has all the qualities that comes with being intelligent. And she's a, and she's a, she's a, she's a strong lady, and she's also a loving lady. Uh, and we 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 have bumps every now and then, but over the over the forty years, we've learned to to gel together. And I can feel her when she's feeling bad, and she can feel me also. So you learn as you go through these years out of jail together, and we have. That is awesome. I'm glad to hear that, because it worked really well for me to see you guys jail throughout the years. I wanted to go ahead and start off with a prayer, and then we'll just get into the Bible study itself, Husbands Defined. So Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to be here uh, with my father discussing being a husband. I pray that anybody who hears our voices will be blessed in their being a husband uh, and taking care of their home and their wives. Lord God, I just pray that today there be great wisdom and insight that can bring application into their lives, that these men will act. Because God, we know you called us all to a purpose and a plan. And I believe that we also need help to figure out that purpose and to, and to execute on that plan. And there's nothing like having 40 years of experience to get you started. Amen. All right. I'll start out by just reading a little bit from Genesis 2 verses 24 and 25. And this is speaking to speaking to the beginning. It says, therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife. They become one flesh. The two of them, the man and his wife were naked, but they felt no shame. And I wanted to ask you dad, in your years as a husband, what did you think about what it meant to be a husband from the beginning and how did that change till today oh man from the beginning it was like uh women kids involved so you know we had we had each other we didn't have to put our interest in other people but at the beginning we had a our beginning was somewhat we didn't know the lord mm -hmm. you know our uh, beginning was sensual basically down through the years we we, we learned to trust in god and god grabbed the hope of us and, and he hasn't let us go yet. And once we got God into our life, everything changed. <clears throat> when I was about 32 years old, that's when that happened. All right. All right. That's really good. I noticed what you said about how at first you had no distractions. It was just you and mom. Just tell me a little bit about that. Not too much. No, I'm joking. You can be full-fledged and say whatever you want to say. But just tell me a little bit about those first years before Jessica and I came along. Oh, we had a great relationship because we, we had time to spend with each other on vacation. 
we went camping, man. We went, we were out of state. We, we stayed on the road quite a bit, visiting other state parks and Daphne, she was a, she was a great swimmer. She wanted to, I guess she wanted to swim in every lake in the, in the <laughs> you know, but she enjoyed uh, it. She's a, uh, and uh, we just had a great time, like I said, jailing in that area. And uh, we look forward to, to having a family. We talked about it. We always talked about it and it actually happened. And we were so, we were so proud of that, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. So once you did have kids, how did, how did being a husband change? From that perspective, because there are stages, and I'm glad you answered the question that way in the beginning. Uh, a lot changed. There was more responsibility as, as a man, mm-hmm. uh, because a man sees that uh, I I do. I think most men see it. You're the you're the breadbasket. You know you you got to get out there and work for the family and help pay the bills and do it. And uh, that that was my stand on it. Although Daphne, she was working also, but we came to a point in our life where we knew we knew we needed to do more. We, at first, we, we talked about it, and she finished college first, and then along down through the years, I, got, I was able to finish college. But the first, us getting educated, one of us getting educated to help, to help the uh, finances was mm-hmm. most definitely a, a wild marriage, you know. That's really good. You know, that makes me think about it because I got the inside scoop. So I just wanted to ask, how did you both come about, how did you come about as the husband, as the leader of the home, choosing to decide who is going to be over your finances in the home because finances are a big point when it comes to marriages it's a lot most often when marriages get broken up is because of finances well that's one right there that that was a that was a tough one for us to adjust to we got in financial trouble at one time and uh getting in it is very easy and getting out of it is kind of tough so we were we were not managing our money correctly at the beginning of our marriage, but it wasn't about I said four or five years in, we really grabbed onto that thing. And uh, uh, I am not the money specialist. She was the specialist. She had she, she specialized in business and things of that nature. She took care of the money. That was her, that was her strength. So you got to see where people's strengths are to see who would do what. Now hers was with the money. Mine's wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mine's is discipline. Yes, for sure. It was definitely a discipline. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a very valid point. And really, the reason I asked you that, I was going to read the scripture later on, but I'm going to ask you if you can find it. It was First Peter 3, 7. You're talking about here. I think oftentimes as the man, especially early on in marriage, I see some guys who they don't think about their strengths necessarily. They may just take it all on themselves. They may be somebody who takes on big burdens. And, and when that happens and you make a mistake because you're not an expert in that area, you can end up being divorced. And that's, that's something we never want to do. Right. So, but you got it there. First Peter. I got three. it. I got it. First Peter, uh, chapter three. Yeah. Chapter three, verse seven. It says a word to the husband. I'm reading from the new King James version. All right. Husband. Likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. What do you think about that? Man, I see, I see uh, love all over this thing right here, how it's telling how we should, how we should be, uh, how it's telling me first to one of us is going to be the weaker vessel. Now, it's got husband. You know, the, uh, the interpretation of husband, but this right here would be a farmer. 
when they said they were farming back in these days and times, you know, so, but he was a worker. He was out in the field doing the work. This, 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 this concept has changed somewhat now because we're doing so many other types of jobs now. Also. Mm-hmm. A weaker vessel may be, it may be with strength. I don't know if you're talking about strength, but other, there are areas where she's strong and I'm, I'm, I'm weak. But if we, but if we if we get out together, it says right there that, that, that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. In other words, the prayers that for that's the key right there. That uh, when we pray for it won't be hindered. That things will come through. And that and that's paramount. That it says being being heirs together. That your prayers may not be hindered, guys. If you're listening now, one thing that I've learned in my marriage is you you won't know all the answers. And you're going to have to lean on your wife. There's a reason why people say that a wife is a help meet. And that's because you need help. God didn't give, God didn't give Eve to Adam because he didn't need it. God gave Eve to Adam because he needed help. <laughs> you know, a suitable, a suitable companion. And in, and in doing that, we have to remember that if we treat, if we treat our wives bad, it's definitely going to hinder our own prayers. Because God's not going to have us, not, God's not going to um, allow us to treat our bride bad and then expect things to go good for us. Because, you know, once you get married, you're one. You are one unit. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. No two, just one. That's in the Bible. You come when you leave your mother and father and you become one. That's it. Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 33. And that's also in the New King James Version. And it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you in the particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Ephesians 5 verses 25 through 33. So there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but I wanted to start with the very first, very first two verses. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he may present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. When I read that right there, that sounds like a mandate to me, you know? That's Christ talking about the church and, and it's talking about the church and himself, but also that's a mandate for us as husbands. Do you see that there, Dad? Absolutely. I see exactly where you're coming from. Uh, the church is a, the church is a very important. The church is actually and uh, we ourselves. It's not a building. The church is a, is the physical body. If you mm-hmm. accept Christ as your Savior, 
And that's where, that's where he's at in Ephesians. As Paul is writing this, he's telling us that we should love our wives as we love ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and do it, do it, do it as, as G, in, in Jesus' eyes because Jesus is our lead. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting where it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. And with that, I wanted to ask you a question. What are one or two things you purposely do for your wife to wash her and cleanse her with the word? Now, that could be proverbial, the word, or something that you're doing that God has told you to do for your wife. Things, things that I do purposely, I share in every decision when it comes to money with her, I, I share, I share in every decision when it comes with, to our children, I share in every decision. I, we don't, we don't allow anyone to play us against the other, mm. whether it's the man or whether it's our children, you know. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's, that's really good. I think oftentimes as husbands, especially uh, the young husbands, you know, you, a lot of times we're thinking about, we're definitely thinking about sex but we're not necessarily thinking about how we can honor, how we can, how we can be the lead, the spiritual lead in the home. And, and that right there, what you said is, is spiritual. I think sometimes people think that might just be administrative and logistical, but, but that's very spiritual. Money is a very important part uh, in any relationship, especially in the marriage relationship, because you need money to live. And the God talks about money and how to handle money. And he wants us to to build it little by little. So there's going to be issues in marriages when we're not handling money the way that God talks about handling money. But once we start to do that, we start to see the the fruits of that. I know with Shannon, my wife, I definitely uh, love to keep her held in prayer. You know, anytime I'm praying in the morning, I definitely want to keep her held in prayer. But then I know one thing that I do purposely well, there's two things I do purposely, and I hope that most men on the call do this as well. Definitely the first one is I make sure that I, I sit down and listen to what she's saying. You know, sometimes life can get so busy, and dad just said the same thing in a different way. But, you know, sometimes life can get so busy, and we just forget to even, we take things for granted, you know. We could be like, well, you know, I, I've been seeing this woman every day, and we've been taking care of the kids, and this done got so busy. Right now, you know, people are doing school online. So you may just take your wife for granted, but you have to make sure. I make a, a huge effort to just sit down and listen to her. And sometimes she may not even know that she wants to be listened to, but, you know, I'll get her or whatever she's doing. If I know she's moving too fast, I make it my purpose to go find her and, and slow her down and just say, hey, look, let's just stop for a second and talk. Because my wife is a very A-type kind of person who who can go 100 miles a minute so and my mom is the same way so i know dad has to do the same thing <laughs> thank thank you for clearing that up you're exactly right some they'll get a little they'll, they will get ahead of themselves and and uh, stress themselves out and, uh, and that's when we got to be, be that lead to pull back in so baby it's time for you to take a break now you know and uh Let's let somebody else deal with that problem right now. We can't cover the whole, we can't cover it all, you know. So, yeah, you're right. In this scripture, it was a lot. So we're going to unpack a little bit more of it. It said, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, 
just as the Lord does the church. Now there's key words that I see right there. Um, of course, we need to treat our wives like we treat ourselves. I mean, guys, you're going to the gym or you done made a home gym at home with all this COVID going on. You lifting weights or you getting on a treadmill, or you're going outside and walking because you want to make sure that your body is healthy. It's the same thing with your wife. You got to make plans to make sure that you're taking care of your wife and treating her with honor and respect. But there's some key words right here. And it says for one, for no one ever hated his own flesh. And it says, but nourishes and cherishes it. What do you think about that, Dad, about the nourish part? Well, the nourish part, man, you're going to keep yourself strong and fit mm -hmm. and able to go out and do the things that God would have you to do. And you need nourishment for that. You need nourishment to keep you physically in shape, mentally. And you want to take that from yourself because you want to always be on top of your game if you're a man, you know, as best you can. And then that next part, it says nourish and cherish. One thing that I've learned in my 12 years of marriage, dad's been married for 40, so he definitely has some great experience there. I'm going to tell you in the 12-year range, my experience, of my experience, cherishing is very important. It's a different kind of love. I mean, because you can have love like for your, for your family. You can have love for your children. But cherish is to hold in high regard. You know, if you have a, if you have a present, that you got on Christmas and it's wrapped in that box. You look at that box and you see that, you see that bow on top of it. And you're like, ooh, this right here is a special gift. And, and, it, and it's just for me, you know what I'm saying? You cherish that gift. And, and guys, I want you to remember to cherish your wives like that gift. If there's a special gift you're gonna get, maybe you're gonna get a weight set or a brand new TV. You know how you feel when you get that brand new TV. You gotta remember like the word is saying here, to, to cherish your wife. You gotta be excited about your wife. My pastor talks about it all the time. He says, uh, you know, you gotta love your wife, but you also gotta like your wife. What do you think about that, Dad? Amen, those, those not the same. Love means, love, love will cure it all. Love takes care of everything that I want for her, she and I. But I gotta lack some of the things, that, in the lack of areas, some of the things that we don't agree on. I still have to agree at times, and that's, that's the things I lack, you know, mm -hmm. lack about her, you know. She's so creative, you know, uh, she, since she's retired, she's got into cake making. So, and then she asked me for my advice about a cake, and I have to be honest with her, and I tell her I don't like it, you know. <laughs> I do like it, what part I like, just so she'll know that if she's going to be a cake maker, she's going to be a good cake maker around here, you know. Uh-huh. You know, just sharing that, you know. Yeah, that's good. Tell me this. What are two, what are, what is at least one thing that you like about mom and this time, this stage of your marriage that you just really like that she does for you? Oh, well, she, uh, she helps me out. She helps me out with all the technical issues that I have. <laughs> I really love, I like her for that, but, uh, I like her for the way she's always, uh, she, she, she puts other, she puts other people first. You okay. know, I like that, you know. It, it, my mother, my mother just recently, uh, we had to put her in a care facility. Mm -hmm. And my wife, I've known as if it was her mother. So I, I love her and I like her for that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that, that, that right there is really good. I know, I know with my wife, I really, I really like that she cares about my health, you know. And, uh, you know, she's really been, she's really been focused on encouraging me. At times, guys, you probably heard this, maybe, maybe you haven't, but uh, sometimes your wife will want you to do something. You may not want to do it. 
my wife's been wanting me to eat healthy for years, you know, and I really didn't start picking on, picking up on it until the last two years, two or three years and start starting to eat healthier. And our whole kitchen has changed all around and I'm eating healthier and I'm feeling better about it. And I just like that she really cares about me. You know, when I'm going through a hard time or something like that, you know, she really is wants to lift me up and, and I appreciate that, you know? And, and I hope for most of the guys here on the call that if you are married, that, you, that your wife uh, does that for you and that you do that for her. Make sure you do that for her as well. And we had talked a little bit about, about the last part of that scripture. So we're not going to belabor that point. That how do you keep it fresh? Being married 40 years, how do you keep your love fresh, your likeness? I think we keep it fresh by still being honest with each other. Mm -hmm. Being honest in our feeling, our likes and our dislikes. Uh, that keeps it fresh. You know, as far as going out uh, socializing, that's not the way I see fresh. I see fresh as keeping the relationship alive. You know? mm, okay. uh, we go places, we ride out, we don't do things like young people do it now, now but that's what I'm thinking. We, we keep it fresh by respecting each other. That's good. Yeah. You say that, and that's another key word that was in that last scripture, there was two, that the husband should love his wife and that the wife should respect the husband. Just the fact that, it, and I've seen this before, guys, and I want to bring it up because I've seen marriages end because of this. When the word says, let me go back to that scripture because I don't want to mess this up. I'll mess it up. Stay with it. It says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, guys, what I've noticed before, and this is with other Christians, is that Christian men sometimes will take this scripture and they will put this in the context of saying that the wife must respect the husband and, and no matter what, there must be respect there. If we don't love God, and we don't love our wives, a woman cannot respect that. So I want to mention that to you guys because so often guys harp on the fact that a woman should respect them. But if you're not respecting God, don't you expect to be respected by a woman? Because it starts from the top down. Um, just like these scriptures we've been reading right here, marriage is a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. It talks about it throughout throughout the Bible. It talks about that reflection in, in the New Testament. Uh, so we have to remember that before we even get into our relationships, we got to make sure that our relationship with God is on is on the right plane before we even talk about our marriages relationships. So I want you guys to remember, and I'm talking to myself as well, that we got to make sure that we make time for our relationship with God first. If you don't do that, it's going to be hard for your wife to respect you. What do you think about that, Dad? And, and she'll, she'll know if you're, if you're coming, coming from that way, Jesse, as giving God. If you put God first, God is always going to be first in your marriage. God has got to be first in your life. Uh, in other words, the first relationship is between you and God before it gets to your wife. And if you got God, if you got God in charge, you know, everything, everything will mo most definitely work out in the in, as it goes down through the years you know god god gives you wisdom the wisdom is god you know mm. and it gives you wisdom 
count situations around the home or with children or, or, or whatever may come your way, finances or, or, or just a simple thing as, as saying buying a, a car, you know, it's not so simple that you, that you really can't afford it, you know. That's yeah, that's comes God, family, and then your job. Mm, yeah, that's, that's, that's great order. So, yeah, so I, I always want to remind people of that because I remember one time I was talking to a lady at work when I used to work at Duke on campus when I was going to Duke University. And the lady, um, she was cheating on her husband. And uh, I knew it because I, I saw her going into a dorm room with another guy. And, you know, I just talked to her. I just leveled with her. She knew I was a Christian, and I knew she was a Christian. And uh, and I talked to her, and she said her husband just, you know, he just, all he talks about is her respecting him. And she didn't say it like we just said it, you know, that he doesn't he doesn't respect God. But it was very clear in what she was talking about that he wasn't respecting God. As a matter of fact, I think he was physically abusing her as well. If you're doing those things, guys, you're definitely not honoring God. The relationship that you have with God, does God beat on you? Mm -hmm. So if God don't beat on you, you don't need to be beating on no woman. And, uh, you know, uh, does God listen to us? Praise God that he listens to us. If he didn't listen to us, we, we'd, be up, we'd be up a creek without a paddle, right? <laughs> you know, so, of course, that marriage was over. That marriage was, was dead in the water. Uh, but, but that guy, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, focused on God. And because he wasn't focused on God, she couldn't follow him. She couldn't respect him, you know. And she wasn't in the right for what she was doing, but he wasn't in the right for what he was doing, you know. So we have to remember mm -hmm. that. We got to be in order. And the first order is God. And then our spouse. And then our family. And then then your work. The things that's going to help put food on the table. And that's that's how we have to think about this thing, you know. Yeah, so I just want to know, Jazz, if, go ahead. If, you, if you make a misstep, God is always there to forgive us. You there know? you go. Yeah. The key. We can always go to God for forgiveness. There you go. That's great. I'm glad you said that as well, because that's important, guys. And, and the old saying, and it's not even a saying, it's in the Bible, <laughs> but it says that, you know, if we don't forgive others, then God's not going to forgive us. And we have to remember that, you know, we got to forgive others. It's real easy for us to be real stringent. I know when I first got married, I was really strict and letter of the law kind of person. I'm a very compliant type of person following rules and things of that nature. But I had to ease that thing up. I had to back that thing up and uh, and ease up a lot. I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time, me and my wife got in a fight over something ridiculous. It was, we had just moved to Florence and uh, South Carolina, and I said, I said uh, we can only spend ten thousand dollars on furniture, and she could have swore that she heard me say fifteen thousand dollars. So by the end of the, when <laughs> we had moved into this brand new house, it was the first time we ever had a house, y'all. So we had to get furniture. And uh, and we were talking, and she was talk telling me everything that was on the way. And I said, well, how much does that cost? And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, about $15,000, you know, <laughs> a little bit north of that. And I was like, what? I thought I told you 10000 you know. And she was like, no, you said fifteen, And we were just going at it. And, uh, and guys, you know what she said? She said, are you calling me a liar? And I said, and now this. <laughs> <laughs> now this is what about four, five years into the marriage six six years into the marriage halfway to where we are now and i don't know if i said that she was a liar but she had already gotten that in her mind that i was saying she was lying because i remember the next thing i know 
she had packed her bags and she was walking down the stairs getting ready to go to her folks house and i said hold up <laughs> i said hold up i said it don't matter what i said erase all that you're not leaving this house because you're my wife i love you you love me and i'm not gonna let five thousand dollars stand in the way of our relationship so i'm not gonna bring it up anymore the furniture is on the way and that was it that was the end of that right there and i and i took her bags right back upstairs and told her to unpack her bags but you know that was just something that we got an argument about. So I'm going to read one more scripture in 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 5. And it starts with, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. First Corinthians 7, two through five. What does that mean to you, Dad? Could you explain a little bit of that just in your experience? Okay, uh, sex, sex is, uh, sex is uh, something that really, it really it makes, it makes life difficult if you can't, if you're young, if you're young, that's, that's a big part of your life. As you get older, that plays away. And you begin, you begin to understand that it wasn't all about sex. Uh, and it wasn't all about, you know, you trying to, be satisfied because it's just it's just a physical thing. But it said love. It says uh, it says let let the husband render to him to his wife the affection due her. That's where I'm at right there. You know. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. good. Yeah. In other yeah. words, I got to treat her as I would treat myself. She, I got to show affection towards her. I got to be there for her and with her. And likewise, she'll do it for you. Once a wife see you make a move in that direction. And be uh, honest at home, you know, and stay up, stay, keep it up, keep it home. She mm -hmm. will, and she'll, 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 re you'll receive it right back. You know. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's really good. So, one thing about one thing about that right there, guys, is it it says that you render the affections due to your wife, and your wife will render the affections due to you. It also talks about so that's sex. So we definitely sex is very important love making, uh, however you want to say it, is very important in a marriage. Um, as my father said, early on in the marriage is probably one of the main things that you think about. And as mm -hmm. you go longer in your marriage, you're not always thinking about it, but you definitely got it in the back of your mind. That's for sure. Because you married your wife because she was beautiful. You married your wife because she looked hot and you know you wanted to get some of that. And that don't change and it shouldn't change if you keep it fresh. That's why I was asking the questions about keeping it fresh. Whatever it is that keeps your mind on your wife, you need to make sure you do that. Don't bring anything else. Don't bring any other woman or any other man into your marriage when they talk, when we're talking about sex or anything, not even affection. You know, that should all be for your wife. Like we just talked about with cherishing all of that, just, just for your wife. And we're going to get into that in another podcast, but you definitely got to listen. And you also got to tell her what you want, because if you don't say that, then 
And I also wanted to mention there are times and it's very few, and you can see here, it's very clear directive. There's very few times that you are to withhold sex. And here's where, this is the only time you're supposed to withhold sex. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then it says, and to come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So those are the main times. In, in any other different types, you know, it says that there could be a lack of self-control and that Satan could get a foothold is what it says. You know, and we don't want Satan to get a foothold in our marriages because we're not focusing on our wives or our wives aren't focusing on us. If you're not getting the sex that you want, I would, I would tell you today, even though we're going to do another podcast on it, to ask her why. And I would also say it's a great chance that you're not cherishing her. If you're not treating her like a gift, you're not going to be getting no sex. What do you think about that, Dad? Uh, you, you're right about that, but I think the fasting and praying part comes in. That's, that's got to be planned. Mm -hmm. In other words, every, each each vessel needs to know that this is what, what's about ready to occur. Yeah. You know, we're going to fast and pray over what this situation is going on. It may be about your church. It may be about what's happening right now out in out in our society right now, but but you most definitely need both need to be at that same place, fasting and praying. You know, yeah, praying. I'm a, I'm, I hadn't I hadn't did a great deal of fasting in my in my walk with God, but I've did an awful lot of praying. You know, Amen. That's good. Yeah. So it's important, guys, to make sure that you're nourishing and cherishing your wife, like we read earlier in the Bible, um, because if you are having issues in this area is because you're not nourishing your wife and you're not cherishing her. You're not giving her what she needs spiritually and mentally and physically, and you're not treating her like she's a gift to you. If you're not doing those things, then you're not having good sex. That's clear. Or you're not having sex at all. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point there, bro. <laughs> But like I said, like yeah. yeah, like I said, that'll be another podcast. We'll, we'll go a little bit deeper into that. Um, but I, I definitely want to thank my father for coming on to the Men's Call podcast, uh, where every man has a purpose by God. And I just pray that you men who've been listening to us today, today about Husbands Defined understands the, the purpose that God has in your marriage. And, you're, and, and if you're not married, in the marriage that you have to come as a husband. Anything you want to give, uh, any words of wisdom before we get off this call? Just know your purpose. Know that you do have a purpose fulfilled life to establish. And purpose is always there. We are here for a reason. And it, and it is. It's, it's between man and woman, you know. Uh, and that reason is to love and cherish one another. That cherishing part goes a long way. I mean, I'm gonna put her, I'm gonna put her above everything but God. That's good. Yeah, that's that's really good, guys. Okay, so be on the lookout on featured guest link for the Men's Call Podbean page in the link below where you're listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, see the link to my email uh, to get more details about different series coming up. You can see that on the Podbean page as well. Please like and share this with other men. Thanks for joining Men's Call Podcast. 
where we gain insight to our calling by God and take action that will change our world for the better.